What happens on Christmas Eve at 3 p.m. in Sweden? If you said something normal, you're wrong. You're totally wrong. And then we travel to the Czech Republic, where we find a fortress built in the middle of nowhere. As we get closer to it, we notice an odd detail. The fortifications are aimed inwards, because the people who built it, built it over the portal to hell. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. That phrase always puts such a smile on my face, and I hope it puts a smile on your face too. Not a creepy smile though. So I'll just be driving down the road with a grin, with a rictus grin. I think that's what it's called, right? You're like, hee hee hee. Don't do that. Okay, that, that, I have no segue for this. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to our newest Patreon supporters, Cole and Danielle. Cole and Danielle, let's go ahead and give them a round of applause. You are going to be our pilots, our captains this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help get the word out about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Cole, let's go ahead and put you behind the wheel. I think this is a new vehicle. I don't know. 500, 520 episodes? I don't know. Might have done this before. Let's taxi it in. Doot, doot, doot. Let's get in the Jason jet. Have we ever done this before? Cole is checking those buttons and stuff like that. He's like, I don't know how to fly a jet. We are taking off. We are headed out to Sweden. <laughs> flying, flying out there. We land at a Swedish airport and we notice all the planes are just perfectly still. Not flying around. They're not falling out of the sky. They just landed. We don't see anyone getting on the planes. That's weird. We get out. The airport is empty. Look around. Hmm. This is very suspicious. To say the least, right? The only time you see an empty airport is during a zombie movie. Let's go ahead and hail a cab, and maybe we can get into the city. Zombie movies are always better in the middle of cities, right? Let's go ahead. We try to hail a cab. No one's picking us up. What? Danielle, let's put you in the Jason Jalopy. You're like, dang it, I'd rather have the jet. Well, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? Danielle's going to drive us around in the Jason Jalopy. We begin driving through the countryside of Sweden. Every city is shut down. Every family is inside their house right now. Because on December 24th at 3 p.m. in Sweden, you have to watch television. This is a really weird story. It's a really weird cultural artifact. In 1958, there was a Walt Disney special called Walt Disney Presents From All of Us to All of You. And it was a collection of cartoons from the 30s to the 60s and a couple clips of movies. Walt Disney came out and said, hey guys, here's a bunch of stuff we made years ago and we're just going to show it to you, right? Because we've already made it and it's just extra money. Enjoy. <laughs> a capitalist till the end. In 19, that came out in 1958. What happened was in 1959 in Sweden was the first year that televisions became something that was in everyone's house. There was only one channel on the air. So in 1959, they said, hey, let's show this Christmas special on Christmas Eve, because that's when Sweden celebrates Christmas, this Christmas Eve. So they showed this special and people went bonkers, dude. They had never seen Disney animation before. They, they hadn't seen Western animation at all. But they're like, hey, Mary, Mary, wake up. Did you know in America, ducks talk? And they're like, what? 
what are you talking about? Come on, come watch this, watch this. And they're like watching this, this the Walt Disney special, and they loved it in Sweden. They loved it. So the next year's coming up, people are like, hey, you know, you think they're going to show that really cool show again? They didn't have VCRs, they didn't have DVR, none of that stuff. The next year, they showed it again, and at 3 p.m., they showed Walt Disney Presents from all of us to all of you. And people were going ape. There was no animated apes, but they were going insane because they got to look forward to this Christmas special. Now, that was in 1959. They're still showing it to this day. Over in Sweden, it has a different name. It's called Donald Duck and His Friends Wish You a Merry Christmas. And they still have a lot of the segments that were originally aired back in 1959. They've done some editing, though, because if you know anything about Disney animation from the 30s to the 60s, some of it was a little racist. So they've edited pieces out of cartoons. But for the longest time, oh, you couldn't change it at all. There's been talks of canceling it. People go, it's kind of a cultural relic. Maybe we'll get rid of it. People start writing letters to the editors. I don't know what the Swedish word is for riot. They were doing that. They were, don't change it, man. That's like Christmas without Santa Claus. Except we don't know who Santa Claus is because we're in Sweden. We got some other weird name for it. But you can't change it. It was a cultural institution. There were rule, or there are rules to watching Donald Duck and his friends wish you a Merry Christmas. You cannot record it. Because, I mean, nowadays, we, you do have DVRs and stuff like that. You can't record it. You have to watch it live. That's rule number one. Rule number two, it has to be made live. And you're like, what are people going back in time and animating stuff and then showing, like, cells? There's just one guy holding up cells super fast to make stuff move. The intro was originally Walt Disney being like, hey, guys, here's a bunch of old stuff. Enjoy. Now, every year, they have a celebrity come on, and he plays the part of Walt Disney. Hi, my name's Jason Carpenter. Welcome to this Christmas special. And it's like this moment with this man. Has to be shot live. All that stuff has to be shot live. One guy did it. His name was Arn Weiss. He did it for, like, decades. So every Christmas Eve, he'd show up and be like, You guys ready? You guys ready? Okay, hold on. Let me get ready. And he would do morphine. He hated it. Well, I'm sure he enjoyed it the first couple of years. But in the end, he's like, hey, guys, listen, man. I've gone through three marriages. I can't spend Christmas Eve with my family. I have to say this. Your marriage is already on the rocks. If you miss Christmas Eve and your wife leaves you right, you got some other issues. It might be all the morphine you're doing. But he'd be like, listen, guys, this is really affecting my family life. It's affecting how much morphine I can take on Christmas Eve. Can we pre-record my parts? I'll still do it. But I'll come into the studio. I'll be like, hey, everyone, it's me. That dude who's on morphine all the time and has trouble with marriages. You know me. You've seen me in the tabloids. Let me uh, do this pre-recorded. And the studio goes, yeah, that might work. Well, word got out that he wasn't going to be doing it live. Swedish riot broke out. Letters to the editor. He was forced to come into the studio. That's a joyous Christmas Eve, right? He's sitting there. He's like, I hate <laughs> Hate all of you. Here's Donald Duck. His last segment, his last episode that he did of this, he admits he was high on morphine pills. I don't know if he was doing morphine all the time. He may have gotten in a motorcycle accident. A crazy duck was trying to sabotage his motorcycle. He might have gotten a motorcycle accident. He might just really enjoy morphine. Who knows? But 
you have to shoot that part live as well. Now, not it used to be that everyone watched it because there was one channel, all the televisions. Nowadays, they say only 50% of the population of Sweden makes it part of their tradition. You sit down and you watch this car. You can't eat while you're doing it. Like, you have to sit there and watch it. They say 50% of the population doesn't watch it, but you can't do anything because the other 50% of the population watches it. So you can't go to the store. When you have half the population at a given time in their house not doing anything, everything else kind of comes to a standstill. Now, the main segment of it is called Donald Duck Clown of the Jungle. It was a cartoon that came out in 1947. Classic Donald Duck. I watched it in preparation for this segment. Donald Duck, it's him getting in some wacky adventures. He's trying to take a photo of, like, this cuckoo bird. Like, this dude is, like, flipping out. He's doing a bunch of morphine. He's like, Ugh. He's coming out of the screen like Samara. Take some morphine, Arn. And in this cartoon, Donald Duck keeps getting interrupted by this bird. And because he won't take a photo of the bird, the bird threatens to kill himself multiple times. At one point, he grabs a noose and tries hanging himself while putting a revolver to his head. Not like making a gun symbol with his feathers. No, he pulls out an actual revolver, sticks it up to his brain. Donald Duck also breaks out a Gatlin gun at one point. You know, classic, classic American cinema. Stuff that they don't make anymore. The way I found out about this was there was a journalist named Jeremy Stahl. He wrote this article for Slate called Nordic Quack. He went, he was, um, his fiance was Swedish. He went back to meet the family and celebrate the holidays with them. Everyone's like, shh, it's on. They turn on the television and they, he, they see Arn Weiss with a rubber tube wrapped around his arm. He's like, hey, everybody, here, here's some, here's some cartoons that you've seen a hundred times. My family doesn't love me anymore. Enjoy. Ugh. He's watching this and he says, I'm sitting there with my girlfriend. And her dad is there, and he would be watching, it's totally silent as they're watching the show, and the dad would begin repeating lines from the show. They've seen it all this time. But you remember, you only get to see it once a year, too. You can't watch it any other time during the year. The dad would sit there, and he'd be, like, quoting it. Jeremy was like, what in the world is going on? There was no buildup to this. He's just over at his fiance's house, and they're like, oh, by the way, here's a 50-year-long tradition. Shut your mouth and watch he goes, they're laughing at jokes. He goes, I'm, I know they've heard at least 50 times. And this actually makes sense. It was interesting because in the article in Slate, we have this quote from the guy who does the voice of Jiminy Cricket. I don't know what he was addicted to. He wasn't having to do the voice live, right? He wasn't watching the animation. He's like, oh, this is the part where I say, wish upon a star, right? He pre-recorded his stuff years ago. But he said he had this interesting quote. He's talking about society is always about changing things. Society is always about moving forward. And here's his quote. And then, like in a fairy tale from when we were kids, there's something familiar. It offers security in a confusing world. Unquote. So, you know no matter what, you're going to get that Christmas special. It's this very, very regular comforting thing. So that kind of makes sense. You have it built up because that was the first big Christmas special. It was the first time they saw Disney animation. And it's something they've passed on. They've tried canceling it. People have thought it was archaic. They have been able to edit out some of the more racist elements. Now, yesterday's Patreon supporter, uh, Stefan uh, Walnerstrom, I had actually, when when he supported the show, I always message you guys being like, hey, what's your address for the supporter sticker? A lot of times we'll talk. I was researching this and he said he lived in Sweden. Sorry to dox you. I mean, I, I, I think we could guess from the name, but I go, Stefan, have you ever heard of this Christmas special? And he's like, 
I've never heard of anyone outside of Sweden ever mention this. And I sent him the article that I was working on. But he also added this story in. He said in school, there was a girl who videotaped it and used to watch it all the time. Remember, one of the rules is you had to watch it live. Here's his message. Quote, that was the most insane thing I could think of as a kid. And I've never heard of somebody else who did that. Everybody knows it's only supposed to be watched at 3 p.m. and never any other time. But if you ever do find yourself at Sweden at 3 p.m. on Christmas Eve and the entire country is deserted, that's why. So not because of a zombie apocalypse. And then, honestly, during COVID, oh, they didn't even lock down for COVID. Now that I'm thinking about it. They're like, what? No way. We're totally gonna, just going to walk around. We don't need masks and stuff like that. But on Christmas Eve, shh, don't be making any noise. Because everyone's enjoying Donald Duck and his friends wish you a Merry Christmas. Very, very interesting story. Very interesting story. The most insane thing I ever heard when I was a kid was I, I've heard a lot of insane stuff when I was a kid, but I remember when I was like in fifth grade, I heard a story that blew my mind. It was called, it was called Naked Baseball. So apparently there was a group of teenagers. This is so funny because it's so dumb, but I remember as being in like fifth grade being like, whoa, dude, really? There was a group of teenagers that played naked baseball. And I remember I could visualize it. I didn't know what really any of the terms meant. You can kind of see where it's going, but I don't remember who told me this, but there was somewhere in town, I lived in the Bay Area at the time, there was a baseball diamond. (laughs) Those are all over the place. That's not just only sometimes on a full moon in the Bay Area, you'll come across the baseball diamond. They're everywhere. There was a baseball diamond where the teenagers would play naked. And it was co-ed. Because that's interesting if they're just all a bunch of dudes. Who cares? Unless you're into that. But I wasn't, right? It was a bunch of guys and girls. And they would play baseball. And when they got to the base, they'd have sex. Which, as a fifth grader, you're like, whoa. I I didn't understand. I knew that sex was a thing. But I didn't understand any of the mechanisms behind it, right? Because that's how I talked about sex. I'm a great lover. What mechanism do you want tonight, milady? I remember thinking, whoa, dude, like, you get to see a bunch of hot chicks, like, playing baseball, right? That's that's the good thing, one, and you're in fifth grade. You're a fifth grade boy. And then when, like, they get to first base, they have sex with the first baseman, and then the girl, like, hits a... D- it would suck if they just kept hitting triples, and the guys at the first two bases are like, oh, come on, how good are these girls? They're just Sammy Sosa in it, knocking out of the park. As a kid, I thought that was amazing. Like, maybe someday I will be able to... I remember thinking, I want to watch that. There was no porn when I was a kid, right? I don't think I even saw a naked person until I was a teenager. The idea of seeing a bunch of naked women playing baseball... And of course, there's dudes there, too. But I wasn't interested in them again. And then having said, Do you know how long that baseball game would... T- I mean, like, as a kid, I was like, I don't understand it. But, dude, games would go on forever if you had to have sex at every single base. And and if you are, like, it would be worse, actually, if you were hitting singles the whole time. The first baseman would be like, uh, can I, can I get some water? They have to have, like, a Gatorade drip, just straight-up fluids constantly being pumped into him. He sees that ball go by. He's like, oh, please, someone catch it. Please, someone get her out. Oh, no, not another one. 
Baseball games would last 100 hours. But again, those childhood legends. I guess <laughs> naked baseball versus, which was fake, I'm assuming. Because again, men would be dropping dead versus this girl recording this thing. You can figure out which one's crazier. But I wonder, I'm sure some people have played some variation of na- naked baseball out there. But nowadays, <laughs> nowadays it's more exhausting. The thought's more exhausting than anything. Cole and Danielle, why don't you guys call in that carpenter copter? I got a little couple seat built so you guys can both fly it at the same time. A perfect union to fly this perfect piece of machinery. We are leaving behind Sweden. We're saying goodbye to the players of Naked Baseball. The girls are waving goodbye. The men are all exhausted. They're like, uh... We're leaving behind all of that. We're headed out to the Czech Republic. We're flying over a bunch of forests and stuff like that. We're flying specifically to an area that's 47 kilometers outside of Prague. Now, this place is really in the middle of nowhere. There's like a forest part, and then there's a big old swamp next to it. A lot of weird biomes going on. It's not a strategic location at all, but there's a castle in the middle of it. Let's land that carpenter copter, guys. We're going to hop on out. We're going to check out Huska Castle. It was built in the mid-13th century, and the government set it up as an administration center. So it's like, hey, man, i got to do all this paperwork. Um, let me drive through the swamp. Let me get in my hydrofoil. Hasn't been invented yet. Let me take a couple horses and attach them to a hydrofoil. So you go there to do all your paperwork, and you're like, there we go. That is signed. Now let me go Let me go 47 kilometers back to Prague and turn it in. Over the years, it had passed through several different hands. Originally, it was a government building, and then you had private people buy it. And it's this very interesting structure in the middle of nowhere. At least that's where the people at Wikipedia want you to believe. Because Huska Castle is mostly known for the lore surrounding it. We walk up to Huska Castle, and it's oddly built. Now, everything we're going to look at now is kind of folklore-related. The people in the area believe that it wasn't an administrative building. Because the way it's constructed, they say it's designed... It's a castle, but it says that the fortifications are built facing inwards. So I don't know if that means like the outer walls just kind of made of plywood and stuff like that. And then as we get in, they use brick and mortar. But it's definitely an odd design. And people go, well, there's a reason. There's a reason why all the fortifications are built facing inwards. Let me show you. (laughs) Now there's a tour guide. He just kind of showed up. Come on in, folks. So we walk in to Huska Castle. And we're walking through. And then all of our tummies start to rumble. And we turn to the tour guide and we go, hey, we're all hungry. It's at the exact same time. We didn't have anything to eat. They wouldn't feed us during their Christmas special. The guy goes, oh, yeah, those Swedes, kind of nuts, the Donald Duck thing, right? But I, I hate to tell you this, but there's no kitchen here. There's nothing. There's no kitchen here. And we're like, that's weird. It was an administrative building. I'm sure people spend the night here. He's like, ah, there's no kitchen. Is there a vending machine? No, it's not a vending machine. Then we go, okay, so we can't eat anything. Because <laughs> I'm looking at you and you look like a giant chicken wing. I'm like, hmm, maybe later. But can we wash our hands? We were just in Sweden. <laughs> they didn't do anything for the COVID thing. So can we wash our hands? And the tour guide goes, no running water. There's no kitchen. There's no running water. There's no external defenses. It's in the middle of nowhere. And... Uh, 
That's not Mark Simpson walking into the room. He opens up the doors of the chapel, and he goes, this is why you're here. Well, you also would like to make a sandwich and wash your hands, but you can't do that. This chapel is the reason why Huska Castle was built. Because this chapel was built over the portal to hell. Now, supposedly, this is really kind of a bizarre story. Supposedly, there's a, there, there was a bottomless pit here at one point. It was interesting because I went to several articles. I found one photo of a dark pitch black hole, but I don't know if it's the actual hole. There was photos of the chapel, photos of the exterior of Huska Castle, but supposedly there was a bottomless pit here. And the people in the area were seeing things crawl out of the pit. Horrible things. They saw winged creatures fly out of the pit. There was a half-human, half-bullfrog that was sighted in the area. Half-man, half-bullfrog, winged creatures, all sorts of mutants and monsters in this area. One of the legends is that there was a bunch of criminals, and these particular criminals were sentenced to death, and the government says, listen, we really want to know what's at the bottom of that hole. If you want a pardon, we'll tie this rope around your waist, and we'll lower you into the hole, and then you tell us what's down there, and we pull you up. And if you do this, you're pardoned. That's not a bad deal, right? Like, if you're facing life in prison versus being lowered 10 feet into a hole, you take the hole. So this one guy's like, I'll do it. They tie a rope around his waist, lower him down there. They hear him screaming. They pull him up. His hair's completely white. His face is all wrinkled. They said he aged 30 years in a few seconds. So, I mean, there's that, right? That should tell you what's in the hole. Nothing good. Experiment done. So then after they pull the old man up, they're like, okay, we should probably build something over this. Obviously, something's not good to have. They did, took that. The winged creatures and the bullfrog man, they're like, eh, you know, it's the Czech Republic. What are you going to do? But a man aging 30 years in a matter of seconds. Now that is a bridge too far. So they built this chapel over the bottomless pit. And then Huska Castle, basically, in case the chapel fell, in case the first line of defense fell, whatever was in there could be kept in. Fast forward to the 1930s. The Nazis find out about this place. They go, portal of hell, sign me up. I mean, sign that guy up. I'm not going. But sign up all those other guys. They can go down there and they can try to figure stuff out. I'm going to sit here and just fill up. (laughs) Fill out paperwork in the safety of Berlin. Nothing bad will ever happen here. So apparently they send a bunch of Nazi dudes out there to try to figure it out. To use it for experiments and to like cast spells and stuff like that. I gotta say this. It would be awful to be a, a German general during World War II. Because you know they were calling for reinforcements all the time. Like, hey, can we use some more troops in Africa? And people are like, no, we got them all tied up. They're looking for the lost spear of destiny. Um, Yeah, we'd love to send some subs your way. But they're in Antarctica looking for UFOs. So maybe, maybe we'll come back with some UFOs, Rommel. Maybe we will save the Africa campaign. A bunch of UFOs will fly in. If you were a general, if you were even if you were just a soldier during that time period and you're on the Normandy beach and you're like, uh, you start to see all of these boats show up and you're like, I hope they find that spear real quick. Cause we kind of need it. I mean, we could have another 10,000 soldiers here, but they're out looking for the Ark of the covenant. I mean, we need reinforcements, dude, but they're always off on these weird magical missions. These dudes all got wiped out. 
because, according to multiple reports, they were doing renovations on Huska Castle years later, and they found what's this? Multiple times this this was used. They found Nazi skeletons, which I don't know how that's possible. I'm not saying I'm not saying Nazis don't die. I'm saying if you walked into a room and there's two skeletons, right? There's just two skeletons laying there. Unless one was wearing a uniform, which if if you're a skeleton in the middle of a haunted castle on the portal of hell, I don't think that's really good for your linens. Pretty sure your clothes are going to get devoured by the flames of the bottomless pit. If you walked into a room and you saw two skeletons, could you define the political ideation of those? You're like, hmm, this one, this one's bones seem quite strong. Must be a libertarian. Must have lifted a lot of weight. Like, how would you know? Hmm, look at this one voted for the Green Party. These bones are soaked with psychedelics. Like, how would you know? This is still a tourist attraction. Like, this is no one in the area. People can go here. They can visit it. It's no one as having this chapel built over the portal of hell. So you're presumably safe. Unless unless you're a Nazi skeleton, I think you'll be fine. Here is a quote from the Prague Visitor. This is a tourist site. In terms of ghosts, Huska has them all. Ranging from a bullfrog human creature. We talked about him. A headless horse. Not a headless horse, man. Oh, no, no, no. Czech Republic doesn't do that. They actually have a horse with no head, which actually is infinitely more terrifying. Because that's just gross to look at. I'm not saying a headless horseman's going to win some beauty pageants. Well, he might. He doesn't have a head. Those jack-o'-lanterns can look pretty stylish. But a uh, 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 headless horse is just spooky. Uh, so we have, um, here's this quote, ranging from a bullfrog human creature, a headless horse. And an old woman. What? You're supposed to build up. Who cares about the old? There's old women ghosts everywhere. There's old women everywhere. I've never seen a headless horse alive or dead. I'd be so bummed if I went there and all I saw was uh, just an old woman. Just an old woman ghost floating around. I'd be like, bring out the horse. Bring out the headless horse. The old woman's just kind of floating around. Boring. We also have this. Here's the rest of this quote. It is also believed that the site contains non-human remains of demonic beasts who escaped the pit. And then the review ends like this. This isolated castle is a perfect day trip outside of Prague. How bad is Prague? (laughs) How bad is this area? That you're like, well, we could go up here and have a picnic. Or we could go to the portal of hell. We could go to this forest and just sit and enjoy nature, or we could see a bunch of decaying demonic creatures. Maybe a headless horse, but most likely just some old chick flown around. And speaking of how just, I guess, horrible Prague is, there's a rotting, this is no joke, this is real, there is a rotting 400-year-old arm stuck on a meat hook in the town. Because, that's if that's not crazy enough, Apparently, 400 years ago, there was a statue of the Virgin Mary that had a bunch of jewelry on it. I mean, she wasn't known for her bling, right? The Virgin Mary wasn't known for trying to flex on the disciples, but apparently this one had a bunch of jewelry on it. A thief tried to steal the jewelry off of the statue of Mary, and her statue arm grabbed the thief's arm and held on to it. So tight, wouldn't let go. They had to amputate his arm. How they got the amputated arm out of the Virgin Mary's grasp, we don't know. But there is really a 400-year-old arm hanging off of a meat hook. So maybe it is the best place in Prague. <laughs> maybe this place with Nazi skeletons 
and a headless horse is the best place in the area. Now, what's interesting about this is I think I figured it out. I think I figured out what caused this. This is something we've talked about on the show. So I bet you that Huska Castle is in between fact and fiction, where you have, it wasn't probably an administrative building, they probably did serve a purpose, but it was also built there over this area to protect the people, or at least to give them some comfort, because what happened was they had all of these monster sightings before the chapel was built. Nowadays they go, you know, skeletons and old old women flowing around, stuff like that. I found this on a website called Czech Trails. It's a bicycling website for Czechoslovakians. Only them. Only them. I had to fake one to go there. I had to put on a big wool hat and not be afraid of headless horses. Czech Trails was a cycling website. Listen to this. Quote, according to legend, this chapel is the gateway to hell. And the chronicles say the earth broke open there at the end of the 9th century. An odor of sulfur spread out of a hole that was so deep it couldn't be filled. So we've talked about that before. A lot of times when you see Bigfoot, you smell something terrible. Demons have the smell of sulfur. Supernatural, possibly. But hydrogen sulfide smells like sulfur. And if you're around enough of it, if you get a big enough dose, causes delirium and psychological disorders and death. So if a massive sinkhole appeared in the 9th century, and people went out to that area and got a big whiff of it, you're going to see monsters. You're going to go crazy. And if you don't get out of there soon enough, you're going to die. So either people are coming back into town and being like, hey guys, you won't believe what I just saw. I saw an old lady. I saw an old lady in the middle of the woods. People are like, what? Oh yeah, and there was a bullfrog man. They're like, uh. People who wouldn't come back, they would die. And the legend would go... That's a portal to hell. It smells like hell. It's killing people. There's creatures flying around, so on and so forth. This story probably has a rational explanation. There probably was a natural leak of hydrogen sulfide, and these people were breathing it in, and they were hallucinating. And because of that, the government had to go in and fix it. They didn't, they're not thinking, because they were saying the hole was too big to be filled in. They weren't thinking, oh, we need to stop this natural gas. They also go, uh, there might be something supernatural here. We've been hearing stories for all these years. Let's build a church over it. And because they've apparently sealed it, because again, I saw one photo of the hole. But if they sealed the gas smell, then the hallucinations would drop. Now, you have people saying, oh, you go there today, you see a headless horse, but we're not, like, getting any photographs. This place is so haunted, we're not getting any photographs or anything like that. It's very possible that either they covered up the leak, or from the 9th century to, say, the 13th century, everything, I don't know how geology works, right? The Earth got tired of belching out stuff. It could be that it was covered up so the gas isn't being released anymore. It could be that the gas just naturally went away over time so it wasn't have the same effect. So the stuff people are reporting today isn't necessarily real. The stuff that was reported back in the day was. But who knows? Who knows? That's a rational, skeptical answer. Is it likely that there is a portal to hell somewhere on Earth? Well, if you believe in hell, then yeah. Yeah, I would assume there would be multiple ones. But they always say the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. I think the same thing would go for his portals. 
Because you can have a giant hole in the middle of Czechoslovakia. You look down at it, it seemingly goes on forever. Legends build up about it. Then eventually you build a church on top of it. That's not really the devil's style. He wants to trick you. The real portal to hell isn't a literal hole. But it's between two trees in the middle of a forest. It's that doorway in the abandoned apartment complex just on the edge of town. It's that flickering streetlight. It's in the closet of a child's room. There may be portals to hell on earth, but you won't know it's there until something slinks out of it. Or even worse, if you accidentally stumble inside of it. You become just another missing person, but instead you become something truly rare. A living person trapped in the damnation of the dead. Don't worry, though. You won't be alive for long. But your soul is everlasting. And you'll have the rest of eternity to think, I shouldn't have opened that door. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rapper Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Bye.